0: It's my desire Just to help someone today Someone who might have failed Just to see this away. You see, I too was once so blind, but I found my way to God, and it's my desire. riches I don't need earth's gain it's my desire some love right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, if you'd like to stand with me for the reading of the word, I'm going to operate on Gladewater time. And uh, in Gladewater, amen, I'm sure Brother Pastor Meyer won't mind this. He gives me a lot of liberty. We start at seven, and unless fire falls and people are speaking in tongues, we let this at eight o'clock. So Now, if any of y'all want to hang around, that's all right. I'll pray as long as you do, and we'll shout and have a good time. But if I don't strike all in 30 minutes, we might as well go home anyhow. Praise the Lord. Oh, I'm glad to be here. Aren't you glad to be around the family of God? This is where we get our strength. This is where we get our encouragement. Amen. I've lost some dear friends of late. And it's a little shocking as your circle of friends gets smaller and the reality of heaven gets bigger and all that this world has fades from view. So I'm happy today that God is bringing me to a new reality. Heaven's real. Made up my mind I'm going there. I've come further than I'm going. So I'm locking in on where I'm headed. I don't want to miss this. Spent too many years. I want to make it by the help and the grace of God. If you turn with me to the word of the Lord, and I apologize to our media up there. I don't normally hand out that many scriptures. I imagine when he saw that list, he thought we might going to be here till Sunday, but we won't. Our media, every now and then, they'll look at our scriptures and say, how long are we going to be here tonight? <laughs> amen. My brother, those those 20 scriptures are going to go pretty quick, I think. Praise the Lord. I want to share just a principle with you here this afternoon and maybe something you can take with you. I'm going into the word of the Lord, and uh, I want to apologize. If you'll put my first verse of scripture up there, brother. Somehow or another, amen, I think it's in Titus. And uh, I don't have the chapter here. I've got the verse 11, I believe it is. That's it, chapter 2. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men, teaching us the denying ungodliness and worldly lust, that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, Who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Our verse text here tonight tells us the mission of grace. We hear a lot about grace, and grace is the very essence of salvation itself. We are saved by the unmerited favor of God, and I understand that. I want to bring some clarity to it, though, here tonight. Grace teaches us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust, to be lived soberly, and also to be prepared for the coming of the Lord. That is the purpose. I want to talk about, amen, the power of grace this afternoon. Heavenly Father, thank you for the reading of the word. Thank you for these wonderful families. God, this is your heritage that is here tonight. These are faithful people, and I thank you, God, that they're here. I pray you'll empower me with an anointing that I can share something that will go with them as they leave this place tonight. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, let's give the Lord one more good hand of praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The Lord bless you. You may be seated. I don't know that there's any of us that would deny the importance of what it means to have faith, the importance of faith. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it said, But without faith it's impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. In other words, if we're going to even get in the door of understanding who God is, there must be that demonstration of faith. In Hebrews 11 and 1, it gives us the definition of what faith is. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Two things he mentions, things that are hoped for, the evidence of things not seen over my part of the world in East Texas about November there's a spirit that gets a hold of some of our men and they get almost giddy and uh, some of you know where I'm headed with this now I've never been a great fisher or hunter but I've tried both failed at both so I quit (laughs) but I've got men that love to deer hunt and uh, there's something about in the fall of the year I mean they just You know, they're in camo. They come to church sometimes in camo pants and uh, might even slip a hat on every now and then. And you'll go out to their trailer sometimes after church on a Sunday. They're already got that four-wheeler on that trailer. And uh, they'll come back sometimes from what they call the deer camp. And uh, they'll come back and they'll say, boy, I'm going to tell you something. I saw some signs. saw where they've been scraping around on a tree and pawing around in the dirt. And oh, they'll give me on, they'll say, I've seen evidence. Amen. And I, I'm tracking it. I'm tracking it. We're going to get some deer this year. And, and they'll, all of them have got this big buck on their place. You know, everybody sees this big buck, and they've got, he's got a name. And nobody can seemingly catch him or shoot him. And uh, so, I mean, but he's got a wanted poster this big hanging on him. <laughs> nobody can hit it. But they'll come back, and they'll say, I've seen evidence. Evidence. One of the things that's important in our relationship with God is develop that sensitivity so that we can track God. Faith is fed by the variability of our senses to be able to track God. Amen. Sometimes individuals after living for the Lord for a number of years can come into a place of worship and they're just so hungry and so sensitive after they've shaken a hand or two and picked up on some needs. A lot of times those sensors are out there and they feel that compunction to visit the prayer room and they'll begin to track God. And the faith is the evidence of things not seen. They know he's there, they don't see him, but they can see his signs and they're sensitive to those signs. People that are born again, men and women, have that ability to track God. Amen. They can feel his presence. I uh, I, I, have several people said of late when they visit our church, just like they do here, and they'll say, you know, there's just something different about you folks. We sing some of your same songs, and, and we clap our hands, and we dance the way we dance and all of that, but... There's something in here that, uh, that's different, amen, and, and people that are hungry for God and thirsty, they can pick up on it. I remember years ago, I preached a message, matter of fact, it was in Paris, and there's a little funny story about it, and I'm going to get quick with my stories, run out of time here, but I, uh, I had uh, a message I preached, the Bible said, at the sin of water, talking about a tree, it'll bud again. And uh, men and women that are hungry for God can pick up on that scent. And I said, you know, you take livestock. They have the ability, a little molecule can just be blown off of a riverbed or a, a lake bed or a pond bed somewhere, and it'll follow, and it'll go through the airstream. And, and an old hungry, thirsty longhorn, maybe four or five miles away, his nostrils will flare. And those olfactory nerves will pick up on that little old small molecule, and all of a sudden they'll just... Begin to moan and groan, and I was preaching that message in parish years ago when one of my daughters was about 10 years old and my grandma Holly was going to church then, and she leaned over to my grandma and kind of gave away my message. She said, now grandma right now he's fixing to moo like a cow. And I did just just sort of animate what I was thinking, you know. And I said, that old long horn will go, (laughs) My grandma looked back at her and said, how did you know that? (laughs) But you can develop that sensitivity. Amen. That's what faith is. You can track God. You can see the signs, the evident signs that God is here. I see little children a lot of times in a service when the Spirit of God gets to move, and even little children sometimes, they don't understand the depth of what's being preached, sometimes not even the content, but their little spiritual antennas are up, and and they don't understand what the preacher's saying, but all of a sudden you'll see their little hands go up and tears start rolling down their face. Oh, friend, you know God's in that house. They may not have a theological degree, but they've got senses and they've got the spirit of a child. And the Lord told us that if you want to get into the kingdom of God, don't lose that. Amen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And that hope that is used there, it, uh, it insinuates a feeling of freedom. It insinuates that something is about to happen. Sometimes that word is used in regards to weighing an anchor or pulling the anchor up and we're on our way. Amen. There's some things that are fixing to happen, amen, in the presence of the Lord. And so faith is a very important thing. It really is. I want you to note with me the scripture I gave to you a while ago in Ephesians 2 and 8. It said we're saved by grace, but there's a little statement there after that. It says through faith. We are saved by grace through faith and that not of ourselves the writer said it's the gift of god the word through there is uh, is a word dia in the in the word in the greek it just simply means it means a a conduit it means a channel through which something flows a channel through which something flows We as Pentecostals sometimes have been called a people that don't depend much on the grace. We kind of get involved in in works, and, and we know and realize that works is not what saves you. The grace of God is what saves you. That being said, it's important, though, that we look at the scripture right here. He said we are saved by grace through faith. Saved by grace through faith. And the word through is dia. Another word for that is a channel or a conduit that connects two different things together. One thing flows to the other one through the conduit. Now, I'm not going to use the object that I used at my church. I had a six-inch PVC pipe. But since I was traveling out of town, I've minimized it to about a three-quarter here, it looks like. And on the side of this pipe, you can't see it unless you're about 20 or 18 from where you're sitting. But it says, Faith... Faith is what it says. Now, I went to the trouble to bring a monogram cup, and uh, some of you might recognize it. It's got an M on the side of it. that stands for McGuire. <laughs> might even stand for Meyer. And if you're not a McGuire or a Meyer, it might just mean me. But I've got that cup there. That cup represents Individuals individuals. Amen. You and I. And so the scripture here when it talks about, amen, that grace flows through faith. This is grace. I don't think anybody would deny the importance of water. I think we all have understood that water cleanses us. Water, it can save us. You can't live long without water. It cleanses you and also it refreshes. It brings healing. Water. So I think it'd be all right, to use the analogy of water when I talk about grace. And I'm going to take a drink. My mouth's a little dry. But by grace are you saved through faith. So what happens is when I exercise faith, this is faith. Faith is what builds a conduit between grace and and myself faith is what builds that now before we go any further let me just spend a little time here also on something else in regards to faith because there's some people that have made some strong statements about faith James in the second chapter verse 18 said a man may say thou hast faith and I have works he said show me thy faith without thy works and I will show thee my faith by my works He went on to say, "But wilt thou, O vain man, know that faith without works is what dead?" He also went on to say, "Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by his works was made was faith made perfect, or was faith completed by the fact that his faith was accompanied with works?" James in chapter 2 and verse 26, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so then faith without works is dead. Amen. I kind of use that thing the man said one time when his wife, she said, why is it that you don't tell me you love me anymore? He said, I told you when we got married. And if I change my mind, I'll let you know. (laughs) Now, I don't know if they're still married or not, but. Happened a long time ago. (laughs) But I don't know how many women would uh, follow along that line, you know, and say, well, that's okay. He told me once, and that's enough. No. You kind of like to hear it more than just once. Amen. If if there's really faith in the relationship, you kind of expect some works to follow. You know, if a man's married you and says he loves you and he tries to beat you through the door and you get hit in the face, by the doors, you're going through it, and he's already sitting down at the table <laughs> waiting to be served. You're thinking, I wonder if he really does love me. Am I really special in his life? Because love, faith in a relationship of love, uh, it's demonstrated by works. It's demonstrated by works. And there's a lot of other things that we could talk about there. The Bible said in Ephesians, for by grace are you saved through faith. Amen. This is faith and it represents works, faith and works. But the way that grace comes into our lives, and these are our lives, is that grace must flow through faith. As we read the scriptures, obey the scriptures, the Bible says to us, you know, repent. Well, repentance is an action, it requires faith. But it also requires some action on our part. But when we pray and repent, grace begins to flow into our lives. We are saved by grace through faith. Through faith. Amen. The Bible says to be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. That requires action. That requires a work. And when we do that and we submit ourselves through that, then grace begins to flow through that action, and it goes into our lives. We are saved by grace through faith. Not just simply saying, well, I believe in the grace of God and whatever. I can just forget about God. I don't even have to tell him I love him. I told him one time at the altar. All I've got to do is just believe that that takes care of everything. When you've got a relationship with someone, it's a daily relationship. Can you say praise the Lord? Amen. I want you to know that over 3 million, some said 3 million people walked out of the land of Egypt to go to the land of promise. And I'm going to tell you, there was a lot of folks in that group that I wouldn't have wanted to pastor. In fact, if you read the story about them going through the land of the wilderness, there were some backbiters in that group. There was some, I mean, some head knockers. There were some folks in that group that were just murmurs and complainers. But you know how they got out of Egypt? They did something. They put blood on their doorpost according to what the commandment was. And they were delivered without the firstborn dying because they were obedient. The Bible said obedience is even better than sacrifice. There's something about just simply obeying the word of God that brings his grace into our lives. It's not about feeling. It's about the Word of God, and it's about obeying the Word of God. And when we obey the Word of God, grace flows into us. If I ask you the simple question here this afternoon, how many of you just felt physically like getting away from that supper table and racing to the house of God this afternoon? There might be a few of you here, but if you're just honest, you say, You know, I was sore. I was tired. I was hungry. In fact, Brother McGuire, my supper's on the stove. I hadn't even ate yet. I can't wait till you get through. I'm ready to go eat. Amen. But the fact is, you're here. You showed up. You're in the house of God. Amen. The Bible said, forsake not the assembling yourselves after the manner of some, so much the more as you see the, the end approaching. And you took that to heart. And you're living for God, not according to your feelings. You're living for God according to the word of God and the promises of God and obedience to the word. And even though you're sitting here not feeling anything maybe right now except your tired body, I can assure you on the authority of the Word of God because you obeyed the Scriptures and you came to the house of God as it was commanded, my friend. uh, You have the promise of obedience, and because of that, grace is going to flow into your life. Amen. You are saved by grace through Faith. Through faith. And what is faith? Faith is an action word. Faith is an action word. And James said where there is no action, he said it's dead. (laughs) It's like a body without a spirit. Amen. You've got to somehow alert yourself to something if you really believe in it. We used to sing those little old Sunday school songs, you know. If you're happy and you know it, say amen. And somebody say, if you're happy and you know it, let your face surely show it. If you're happy and you know it, say amen. Let your face amen. Let everybody else know. I'm excited to be a Christian. I'm excited to be in the house of God. Can somebody say praise the Lord? Amen, amen, amen. Grace is very important in our salvation. And we're saved by grace through faith. Grace flows into our lives every moment. After the Apostle Paul had asked God to touch his infirmity, three times it didn't happen. Three times he asked God to touch. He said, I've got a sickness in my body. And you wonder, well, I'm glad that the Bible recorded that and shared that with us. I'm glad that some of those powerful apostles were just transparent and said, you know what? There's times I went through things and God didn't heal me. Amen. There's times I went through things and I didn't get the answer immediately. I had to walk through the valleys. I had to go through some tests and trials. And the Apostle Paul said, you know, I sought God about it three times. And he said, the Lord replied to me, and this is what he said. He said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Or it is fully completed in the weakness that you're going through. My grace is demonstrated by your weakness. Most gladly, therefore, Paul said, I will glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me so others can see how God is sustaining me, how God is keeping me going. I just had a man in our church the other day. He was pronounced uh, with cancer five years ago, given six months to live. Five years ago, given six months to live. And that man lived for five years and he carried in his pocket a gospel track everywhere he went. He made nearly every prayer meeting. He was there at church. If his body was able to make it, he would be there. I'll never forget on one occasion, they called me. His wife did and said, Brother McGuire, you need to come out. Brother Bill Hicks, he's at his last. He won't live long. And so I went out there. The hospice was there. They had the hospital bed out there. He was laying in a semi-coma. And I went over there and laid my hand on him. And I said, Brother Bill... God's got his hand on you. He's going to take care of you. And I know I realized that he could probably die before I got home. But I prayed with him again. And his eyes were closed. I got home and and it wasn't long until I went to church that weekend. And I saw one of the men there. And he said, well, I said, what was happening in your week? He said, well, I went over to help Brother Hicks get his truck out of the mud. Are you talking about the Brother Hicks I know? He said, yes. said, he got stuck in the backyard in his truck. I said, when did that happen? He said, well, it happened on Thursday. I was over there on Wednesday. He was dying. He was in a coma. The hospice was saying, you know, this is it. I prayed for him. We go home. That Folks, that was three, four years ago when that happened. And then after that, he was supposed to die again. He just kept coming back. I mean, just kept going on. <laughs> in fact, he said, you know what? He said, I don't know. I'm just... Whenever God's ready, I'm ready. He'd lost his voice. He had cancer on the brain, cancer in his throat. You could barely understand what he was saying. And a lot of times we had testimony service. I'd take the microphone, walk back to the church where he was standing, and I'd give him the microphone. And he had a gravelly voice because of the cancer, but he'd always say, you know, folks, I'm on my way to heaven. If I've done anything to offend any of you, I want to make it right because I want to go to heaven. Amen. And I watched Brother Bill Hicks just exercise his faith. And I watched God just kept on, you know. Amen. What Paul was saying and using the analogy of water, Paul was saying, you know, God, I've got this infirmity. I think I sprung a leak. I'm, I'm losing water pressure. And God said, that's okay, Paul. I'm not going to fix your leak, but i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm just going to keep the water coming. I'm just going to pour on a little more pressure. I'm going to keep a little more water flowing. If you're losing a quart, I'm going to give you half a gallon. If you're losing five gallons, I'm going to give you ten gallons. I'm just going to keep on pouring it in there because the world's going to look at you and they're going to say, how is that man just keeping on going? How does he just keep on living for God? I'll tell you why. Because God just keeps on pouring the grace. Can somebody say praise the Lord? Aren't you glad for grace that doesn't quit? Hallelujah. We're saved by grace through faith. Amen. Through faith. This is faith. And that's me. And this is grace. And when I exercise by faith the things of God, grace flows into my life. That is a principle of God's word. That's for everybody. I don't care who you are. God promises you grace. Amen, I think of the scriptures in the word of the Lord where the Bible said for in 1 John 1 and 7, let me jump down to there. He said, for if we walk in the light as he is in the light, he said, then we have fellowship one with another. and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Now, I don't know about you, but as a man, men tend to not be quite as... uh, shall we say, as good a housekeepers for the most part as ladies are. I'll just go ahead and confess that. My wife is a great housekeeper. She keeps things just looking nice. But she doesn't go up to my man cave. It's on the second floor up there. And I thought as I was going to my chair a while ago and I was stepping on peanuts, and I thought, you know, I need to vacuum this thing. I got me a big old, Brother Ronnie got me a big old deal of almonds, you know, and peanuts. And you, you probably don't know what that's all about, but I have those there by the chair. And, uh, and then I've got some, I got a, you know, some Nestle bar just in case I have a sugar attack or something. I'm not a diabetic, but I might have a sugar attack. And, uh, and, and I got my coffee machine back around there. But, but uh, every now and then I do break down and give it a good cleaning. But the Bible says this is what happens to you with grace. Amen. Because I know in growing up in the church as a young man, a lot of times I thought, Lord, I'm not as good as the rest of these folks. I make mistakes. I, I, I say things or do things I shouldn't do, and Lord, I need help. Amen. And I realized there was two aspects about my spiritual maintenance. Number one was the things that I did that I shouldn't do and the things I should have done that I didn't do. So there's two sides to that. But I realized, according to the scripture, if I make up my mind that I'm not going to quit, I'm going to keep walking in all the light that I know, in all the truth that God has shared with me. I'm going to very conscientiously pursue that. The Bible said the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us. That's a a plural. That means continuing to cleanse, continuing to cleanse, taking care of things you should have done and taking care of things that you should not have done. God follows some of us around. Look, I come up with an invention right there. No telling what we'll discover if I hang around here a little while. This has gone from a pipe to a broom. He follows us around with a broom and a dust pad. I've got a sweet little old great grandbaby called Mary. Little Mary we call her. And all she knows how to do is goo goo and smile. And now she's saying papa and Mama. And she just started that. She's not quite crawling good. But oh, she can melt my heart with just a look. With just a look. I'll do anything I can for that child. Yes, she dirties diapers. Yes, she spits up. Yes, she cries at the most untimely times and hours of the night. But you know what? I don't get frustrated with her. Amen. We get up if her mother's not available, if her grandmother's not available. Amen. We all get up and just. We're going to see that kid through. I say we're going to see that kid through. We're going to see her to school. We're going to, we're going to make sure that, amen, she gets to go to school. We're going to make sure she knows what her dreams can come true. We're going to make every possibility for that to be a healthy child. The Bible said if your earthly father. Knows how. And I'm paraphrasing now. He said, Good gifts. But if your heavenly father knows how to take care of you, why should we doubt, amen? If our earthly father knows how to take care of us, why should we doubt that our heavenly father is not just as conscientious? I know the devil doesn't want us to think like that because when we think like that, we feel like overcomers not because of what we've done, but because of what he is doing. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. One writer said, Hitherto hath the Lord led us, had it not been for the Lord who was on our side. Now may Israel say, I didn't get here by myself, folks. I didn't arrive at this place in time because I was smart, because I was good, because I was righteous. Righteous. I just tried to do the best I could with the best I had. Made up my mind, I'm going to try to live for God the best I know how. Amen. And God got behind me. Hallelujah. And he said, keep on walking, son. Amen. And when you fall down, just get back up. I'll clean up this mess. Uh, He said, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Oh, let's give the Lord a hand of praise for that. So grace does work in our lives. It works when we exercise faith. And in the Bible, there's different kinds of faith. Jesus said, thy faith hath made thee whole. In another case, he said, you've got great faith. And in another place, he said, I have not found so great a faith not in Israel. So we know faith comes in different sizes. There's one thing about grace. It always comes with quality and quantity. Hallelujah. It always comes with quality, and it comes, amen, with quantity. Praise the Lord. You don't ever have to worry about God's grace being sufficient. As he told Paul, he said, my grace is sufficient. Can you say praise the Lord? Amen. Amen. His grace is sufficient. In the book of Philippians, I'll just quote that. He said that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. And one writer said, oh, the depths of the riches of both the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways are past finding out. I want you to know his grace is sufficient. Whatever it is you're facing, whatever it is you're going through, you may be like I was here not long ago in our little town of Gladewater. I turned on the bathwater expecting to take a good hot bath and it came out. Now, Some of you folks live in these metropolitan areas don't know anything about that. But sometimes pipes break in these little rural communities and all of a sudden your water pressure goes. One thing about God's grace, it will never just drip. You can spring a leak on every side of your world. I just felt the Holy Spirit of God come on me. I said, your pipes can bust here and they can bust there. You say, Lord, what am I going to do? He said, I'm just going to pour on more pressure. I'm just going to pour on more grace. I got to get you out of this. I got to save your soul. I got to get you out of this world. (laughs) Hallelujah to God. Amen. The psalmist David said it like this. He brought me up out of a horrible pit. He set my feet upon a rock. He established my goings. He didn't say I figured my way out of my problem. He didn't say I climbed out of that pit. He said God just reached down and picked me up out of that pit. And he set my feet upon a rock and he established my goings. I'm here to tell you, you're in good hands tonight. I said, you're in good hands tonight. Don't you let the devil talk you out of your spiritual heritage. Let's stand and clap our hands unto the Lord and let's give him some glory right now. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel his presence. I'm sensing something in this house right now. I feel like grace is flowing through this place. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. In John 2 and 7 through 10, the Bible says that they needed wine. There was no wine. And Jesus said, go get the water pots. Fill them up with water. Amen. They said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Those men did not turn that water into wine. Those men simply obeyed what Jesus asked them to do. <clears throat> Folks, we're putting a lot of weight and responsibility on ourselves, thinking we've got to make it happen. We can't make it happen. All we do is obey and then just back off and say, all right, God, there it is. Hallelujah, there it is. <laughs> Hallelujah. He says, I'm going to pour on the grace. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm fixing to pour on the grace. Praise God, you've been obedient. That lady said within herself in Matthew 9, 20 through 22, she said, behold, she said, if I can may but touch his garment, I shall be made whole. She constructed a spiritual infrastructure She put together a spiritual infrastructure. I don't know what I did with my broom, but I missed it somewhere. There it is. Infrastructure is important. That's faith. Can you imagine what would happen if Brother and Sister Meyer were going down the road, traveling somewhere? I wish she was here. If she's listening, she'll get on to me. But anyway, if they were going down the road and she said, Pastor Meyer now she's not going to say that but I'm just being respectful she'll say Bob (laughs) I'm thirsty I need something to drink can you imagine if Brother Meyer reached in his pocket and pulled out a water faucet and handed it to her and said go for it well Tell you, if I handed it to her, I'd want to be standing off Brother Ronnie a little ways from there. <laughs> and uh, but if he had handed her a water faucet, I believe and I appreciate profession, but faith requires installation. You can go to these homes, and I don't have time to do all this. Someone's got 14 karat gold appliances. I mean, all the fixtures are covered with gold. They got some you just touch with your finger and they come on. You touch them and they'll go off. Some of you may have, that's neat. That's neat. But if faucets would produce water, you'd have to be mopping the aisles and Lowe's hardware right now tonight. Because they got shelves full of faucets. And if I go in a house and I see faucets and I'm thirsty, I'm thinking, oh boy, I can satisfy my thirst but if there's no infrastructure, all you got is a pretty faucet. There's got to be something connecting to the source, and that's faith. Faith, faith. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. You got to have faith, faith. There's no telling what the Lord would do right now if we just exercise a little faith. I wonder if there's somebody here tonight, we're closing now, if there's somebody here tonight that would say, Brother McGuire, I'm going to take a step of faith right now. Amen. I don't feel it, but I'm going to take a step of faith and I'm going to walk down to the front of that building and I am vocally going to lift my voice and I'm going to say, Now, God, about that situation. Brother McGuire just told me if I will exercise faith, that grace will begin to flow into that situation. I want grace to flow in this house right here. If you've got an unsafe child, I want you to speak their name. If you've got an unsafe spouse, I want you to speak their name. If you're dealing with cancer, I want you to call it what it is and say, I defeat you by the authority of the name of Jesus Christ. If you've got back problems and you're standing here in pain, I want you to address that in the name of Jesus. It's not your job to take care of it. It's just simply your job to pipe in the infrastructure of faith and let grace flow Into your world. Oh, hallelujah! Hallelujah! God's grace is able. Hallelujah! Now reach up high. Come on, let's reach up high and touch him. By the authority of the name of Jesus Christ, I take dominion over sickness. I take dominion over every pain. I take dominion over every doubt. And I claim victory in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I said in the oh, I feel somebody's about to have grace flow. I feel grace flowing in here. <laughs> oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. God's grace. God's grace, hallelujah. It's able to heal. It's able to save. It's able to deliver. God's grace is able. Oh, hallelujah. Now reach over to your neighbor and just put your hand on the shoulder, a man to a man, a sister to a sister. If two or three agree as touching any one thing, that's the word of God. He said, my grace will flow. If two or three agree as touching any one thing, my grace will flow. We're going to simply be obedient. We're going to simply do what the scripture said and grace is going to flow in this house oh hallelujah some things are changing right now some things are changing right now thank you for it Jesus thank you for it Jesus hallelujah that's the Holy Ghost just go ahead in the name of Jesus let grace flow in this house Oh, 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 hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. You may have sprung a leak somewhere in your life. You may have failed God somewhere in your life, but God says, I'm going to pick up the pressure. I'm going to pick up the flow. I'm going to bring grace into your life. It'll forgive you of your sins. It'll give you confidence. It'll put your courage back where it belongs. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you for that grace today. Grace, Lord that flows into our lives through obedience to the Word of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. I love you, Lord. I thank you for the Word. I thank you for the Word. Hallelujah. And everybody said, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I don't know why I want to say this, but I do. Maybe it'll help somebody here that's standing here. A dear lady in our church that had come out of satanic worship, deep satanic worship, came into our church, we baptized her. She received the Holy Ghost, but she was still crippled. And she would stand at the front of the church with her arm like this. And I don't know if I shared this before or not. If I did, I feel like saying it again little old 10-year-old boy came to me and he said, Brother McGuire, would you pray for my mother so she can clap her hands like everybody else? I'm going to be honest with you. I felt no unction of the Holy Ghost. I was simply doing what that little boy asked me to do. I stepped down. I laid hands on her, my brother, and I said, in the name of Jesus. And Sister Joanne, I turned around and got about this far. And that woman screamed to the top of her voice. And I turned around in time to see a crippled limb for 13 years begin to unfurl above her head. And all of a sudden she took that hand and began to clap it high and loud over the top of her head. Our church went into shouting and praying and glorifying God. I want to tell you, when we decide that we're going to pipe faith in or pipe grace in by simply using and exercising faith, His grace is sufficient. Let's just be obedient and do what God asks us to do, and then He's going to take care of the rest of it. God bless you. It's been great to be with you. Let's clap our hands one more time. Thank Him for His grace. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. Don't forget your announcements. Come back expecting a great time in the Lord this coming weekend. You're dismissed in the fear of the Lord. What an honor to minister to you today. Oh, what a great man. What a great man. He was a he was a cornerstone, well not the cornerstone, but I mean he was a he was an important part of this church many, many years. When I was a little boy. How long has he been gone?